Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the now infamous, infamously known podcast series called Have You Seen It? If you're a longtime listener, or you just discovered us for the very first time, welcome! You come to the right place. To give you a short summary on what we do here is I discuss a single film, break it down to tiny pieces, and give you a simple recommendation to see the film or not. Just getting straight to the point to help you make informed choices in your film-watching journey. And also give you insider info to continue to help you build your movie buff power. I'm not running back to the movie theaters because summer movie season is coming to a close. And I'm not made of money. Until we get that sweet, sweet sponsorship money, we do what we can on access to newest and biggest films. So trying to cover a wide range of films as we make episodes into the future. We also have a fan submission email address as well. If you'd like us to review a certain movie of your choice, or you just want to give us a shout-out, you're welcome to. The email address is in the description section of the episode provided. Alright, enough shop talk. Let's get to the good stuff. Yeah! And let's talk about today's movie, which is a treat. It has action, adventure, and quips. Sweet, delicious quips. And Chris Evans as a villain? What? I'm talking about Netflix's newest spy thriller called The Gray Man. And if you're curious, I spelled it gray as G-R-A-Y, but apparently there's two different spellings of that. The British version, as in United Kingdom, is G-R-A-Y as for gray. The American version is G-R-E-Y which phonetically they both sound the same way, but I learned the British version in grade school and prefer to spell that way. It bothers some people, I know, but English is weird. There's three different spellings and meanings for the word there. And then there's then and than, affect and effect. English is weird. That's the only takeaway you're gonna get from that. So let's move on. So anyways, Get your gadgets ready and your ears focused as I paint you a word picture with my glorious, booming voice, Excelsior. The Gray Man is a Netflix exclusive spy action adventure film set in the modern day with Ryan Gosling playing the mysterious CIA agent only known as Sierra Six. I presume his code name would be Seven, but it's probably taken because of <coughs> copyright laws. Excuse me. Excuse me. Anyways, he's on a job taking out a mysterious target. As the job goes wrong, he finds out a vast conspiracy within the CIA that marks Sierra Six for dead and is on the run hunting for the truth. Well, that reminds me of like several films with the same plot, but different characters like Captain America Winter Soldier, The Fugitive, Shooter. This is a common plot thread device, people. And this movie reminded me of The Fugitive, where was it? Bobby, no, Billy D, no, Billy D. Williams is Lando. He's not in that movie. Three, another three named actor, Tommy Lee Jones. That's it. He plays the police officer hunting down the fugitive, Harrison Ford, who's accused of murdering his wife. And he's like, I didn't kill my wife. And then Tommy Lee Jones with a gun pointed at him is like, I don't care. And I always thought that was funny. And that movie just reminded me of that clip that I love to death. Anyways, common plot line. He's hunting for the truth. The CIA hires a mercenary psychopath named Floyd, performed by Chris Evans. Yes, Captain America himself is playing a villain. He does a wonderful job, has no rules, 
and has an evil mustache. Not super twirly evil mustache, just standard evil mustache. The works. The story depth is not too crazy to follow, and everything in those last two sentences is all you need to know for the plot overall. What makes this film shine is action sequences. Ooh. Fight scenes, explosions, amazing, glorious explosions, and exotic locales. It's almost like Captain America Winter Soldier had a rebrand. If you like this film, you'll enjoy this one very similar in style and directions because it's made by the same people, the Russo brothers. There are jokes, but not too many, what lacks in story and makes up for in action sequences, as previously mentioned. So what you see is what you get. So it's a great comparison to like the Michael Bay films with Transformers. There's explosions. All like people would want in an action film. It's there. There. But they also do a decent job humanizing Sierra 6, where you get all the background info through expositional dialogue and flashback sequences. Sweet, delicious flashback sequences. Also, they do the cliche that bothers me to my core, where they put diegetic music on really loud and then to cover up the, the gunfire and fight sequences so the person next door is, like, sound asleep and you get to hear, like, fun pop music uh, while the sequence happens. And I see that too many times in action films, and I'm tired of it. Maybe that's just a nitpick, but I said what I said. Yeah. They delve into the concept on how similar Sierra 6 and Floyd are, but not too much, just more of like, we are the same, no, we're not the same. The overall cast has their time to shine in their roles, and it's a great time to watch this for a night in with family or friends. So if this thing is your cup of tea, then I would recommend this movie to you. I know I usually have films on this podcast that has rich depth with their narrative, but this film is not the case. It doesn't have complex emotional motivations like Pride and Prejudice. And with twists and turns and awesome backstory and lore that spans minutes to hours. No, not the case here. What you see is what you get. It's a good action movie with familiar actors and performances to keep you entertained from start to finish. One might argue is an oversimplification of American cinema in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, that joke hits too close to home. Anyways... Here's the extra details to help you make better informed choices in your film-watching journey. This film is PG-13 for action, violence, minor gore, explosions, and people smoking, drinking, and curse words. Those dang curse words. But nothing too intense for teenagers and older can handle. As for where you can see this film at the time of this recording, it's on the streaming platform on Netflix. Since they made it, they can make the rules on distribution, folks. Sorry. Blame Netflix. Films like this, they do this on purpose to help gravitate potential viewers to sign up for Netflix. I can see this going on other digital platforms where you can normally rent or buy films, but not for a while. Or you can go the millennial way and bum off someone else who has Netflix and watch it together. Together. Just to give you plenty of options. So let's dive into our segment today called Filmology where we describe a term, gear, role, narrative device, and more that helps you make that sweet movie magic. This week's filmology term is sound design. This could be done by a whole team or one individual, depending on the needs of the production. But the big takeaway with sound design is creating the sound of everything, sound effects, background music, and more, and make a solid sound mix that goes into the main cut of the film. It's often overlooked that 
bad audio is easier to notice than any other visual element in a film most of the time. So sound designers and audio teams are usually the unsung heroes in some cases in the production. So hopefully this helps give more light on the many people who make movies possible. Let's move on to our next segment because the interns keep pitching me ideas for the show, and they nag me to death about them, and so I eventually cave under their collective pressure. So yes, Kyle, you get your wish, and we're using your pitch idea today. Go be excited out of my eye line, because you doing backflips for joy is very distracting to me. Thank you. Yeah, over there. Yeah, over there. Thank you, Kyle. Anyways, the newest segment of our show is called Is It a Reboot? where we determine if the film we highlight per episode is a reboot, sequel, or spinoff of something and or is other content that spawns from said movie in question. Does that make sense to everyone? We good? Good! So this segment is super short is no. This film is not a reboot, surprisingly. It is adapted from a book which is super common since that's a thing since ever. They hired some of the writers of Deadpool for a possible prequel of this film, and I can see this as an attempt of making a franchise out of this film and become the next big spy thriller franchise. But only time will tell if their ambition will fly into the air and hopefully not crash and burn from the Greek fable Icarus. If you don't know what that story is, I'm going to save myself five minutes of a possible rabbit trail and tell you to just Google it. You can access a smartphone, computer... Just Google it. That will be faster than me painting you a word picture for you. Let's just move on. So there you go, folks. Slowly mixing it up so you people don't get bored. Ever. Okay, bring Kanye back uh, when he's done with his happy backflips. He's still got more work to do. Alrighty, let's bring this episode to a close with our last segment called Fun Facts, where we give you interesting fun facts about or around the making of the film in order to make you a little bit more interesting to be around, and of course, grow in your movie buff power. So here's some fun facts about the film. Captain America himself was originally offered the role of the super spy Sierra Six, but declined to be the villain instead. Thought that was a better choice in the long run, in my opinion. The Russo brothers closed off major highways and streets for on-location shooting in cities like Prague and Cleveland. Why Cleveland? Why do you ever want to film there? It's Cleveland. Oh, this is me being biased. Okay, move on. In which they caused tension with the local governments, and they joked that they're no longer welcome to film there during an interview talking about it. As the reasons why, maybe they exploded the wrong thing, or somebody complained. I don't know. Use almighty Google to solve that one. The directors of this film also directed Captain America films and the Avengers films from the MCU or Marvel Cinematic Universe. Chris Evans and Anna DeArmas, Armas, sorry if I mispronounced the name, haven't heard it out loud before, is the second time they're in a cast together from their previous outing in the film Knives Out, in which we covered that film in a previous episode. So if you wanted to hear more about that, give it a listen. Synergy! Lastly, they wanted to make this film immediately right after making Winter Soldier, because it was basically the same kind of film. But they shelved that project because success happened, and they got recruited by Marvel to direct four more movies for them. And apparently they have more time now than eight years ago. But hey, I'm not a director, and they can choose their own timeline for what they do or do not do for projects. Well, let's bring this episode to a close. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys had a good time. 
give this movie a watch or not, I ain't your mama. Now you can ask your friends this question. Have you seen The Gray Man?